hello there. You're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We'll also be kicking off a new series called First vs. Finale, where we watch the first episode and the series finale of a TV show. And the show that we're starting off with is The 100. All right, we've got some news to start out the show with. Our big story for today is that the Marvel Studios VFX workers have voted to unionize. Finally, after hearing all of the news over the years of how horrible the VFX industry is in terms of labor hours and crunch time and all of that, it's finally nice to hear that they have decided to band together in unity against the man named Kevin Feige. Exactly. So, yeah, notably, this is just the VFX workers within Marvel Studios. So it's not an industry-wide thing yet, although hopefully this will be the catalyst for that to happen. Because, I mean, yeah, for decades now, with VFX, CGI, all this stuff becoming so integral to these big films, they have been horribly overworked. So hopefully they'll be able to set some standards in place to make sure that they're treated fairly, compensated fairly for all the hard labor that they do. So, yeah, it's a good first sign here. Comrades unite against the bourgeois MCU. Oh, boy, we got the commie in the house. Viva la revolution. He's going to join Oppenheimer and all the other commies. Now, he was never a communist, and we know that. And I'm not, I'm also not a communist. And I can you prove just have that a I was lot never, of communist friends. I was never a part of the communist the, party. Exactly, but never an official member. I, I was never an official member of the communist party. <laughs> All right. We'll did you or that. did you not <laughs> say people revolution on a podcast? <laughs> we have the audio recording right here. No, no, Jason, no. That was, AI. that was AI. It wasn't me. Jason Clark is just attacking me. <laughs> Let's do our box office breakdown for August 4th at the 6th coming in first. No surprise to anybody. The woman that is taking over screens everywhere. Barbie with $53 million. And it has officially crossed. One billion dollars and is on track to potentially become the highest grossing movie of the year, surpassing the Super Mario Bros. movie. Ryan, did you think it would get this far? Did you think I would be this successful? <laughs> At the beginning of the year? Of course not. But I mean, we knew. I knew. We had a huge hit on our hands. You did not. You did not. I knew. It would be one billion. I knew it would be a juggernaut. I knew it. No, you did not. You, you had your doubts because of Creighton. No, I knew it. I knew it. I said it's going to be the Top Gun Maverick of this year, and I was right. <laughs> I knew it. What was a surprise, though, was Meg 2 coming in second place this weekend. It made $30 million, so it has broken up the Barbenheimer pair. So there you go. You were it's not crazy. expecting this to do $30 million. You didn't even think it'd get twenty million, but the Meg two yeah. came in. There were a lot of Meg supporters out there. Blew me away. Blew me away. Mm -hmm. I'm very surprised. After Meg two was Oppenheimer with twenty nine million, and after that, another new film debuting the weekend, although it had opened earlier in the week. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem with twenty eight million. Although again, with the days it had opened in that week, its total through the weekend was forty three million. 
So not too shabby for that animated film's release. Not too shabby at all. What is shabby is the release of Haunted Mansion by Disney, which made $9.2 million. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. Sound of Freedom continuing its box office tear with $7.5 million. Mission Impossible 7 continuing a streak of being in this top 10 with $6.6 million. Talk to Me with $6.3 million. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny starting to die out $1.5 million. And Elemental still hanging on $1.3 million, rounding out the top 10. Although we must give a shout out to a few films that have now dropped out of the top 10 and gave a good run at the summer box office. Insidious The Red Door with $1 million, bringing its worldwide total to $180 million and its domestic total to $80 million. And Spider-Verse, which made $530,000 over the weekend, that brings its worldwide total to $680 million, which is incredible, and its domestic total to $380 million. A moment of silence for our fallen brothers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can't do a moment of silence on a podcast. Dead air. Dead air. Let's do our and... box office predictions for August 11th to August 13th. The big release of the weekend is The Last Voyage of Demeter, which is a horror film about Nosferatu on a boat. Any guesses? Anything? 15? At most? Uh, Definitely at most. I mean, we'll see if it'll crack 10 million. Yeah, right. I'm sure that it'll be able to. Um, But yeah, certainly not going to give any challenge to Barbie or to Oppenheimer or any of the other holdovers. So here we go. We have another week of Barbie dominance to look forward to. Yes. Let's go. Barbie. on right now my boy this is crazy i've been awake since 5 a.m it's currently 7 48 p.m you hit the delirious hour or something yeah as soon as we're done recording this i'm gonna finish eating my very carby pasta and pass out all right so let's start getting to the main topic of the show first versus finale so with this premise like i mentioned at the top it is going to be us watching the first episode and the final episode of a tv series that Neither of us has seen all the way through, and it's going to be a show that neither of us really care to see all the way through. Just for kicks and giggles, we're going to pick a show and then watch the first and final episode, and then maybe a few others. I had envisioned this with trying to get you to watch some of The Walking Dead, so I think it'd be funny to go from pilot to the finale, but there'd be a few other shows uh, episodes in there that I'd want to force you to see, just to see how it evolves. But for this one, The 100, we decided to... Have you just watched only the first and the final episodes of the series? So the 100, what is yeah. it? It's a CW show. Came Ooh. out in 2014 and ran until 2020. It's based on a few books, although from what I had seen, it is completely separate from the books. Aside from a few names and like the same basic premise and the title, it is a completely different story altogether um so yeah it it became its own creation as a television series so dylan what is your familiarity with this show jack shit i have never i've barely heard about this show i thought this show was um when i heard the 100 at first i thought it was the leftovers which is the one where uh two percent of the planet disappears or two percent of the planet's left something like that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but it's not that 
This is the 100, which I guess I just didn't know Jack Squad about. Nothing. Don't know mm-hmm. the characters, don't know the actors, don't know the story, don't know anything about it. So you went I into went watching in, the first episode without even a lick of the you, premise you, itself. You had told me the premise, which is 100 people on a space station are sent to Earth after mm-hmm. a nu- like 100 years after a nuclear war. And I was like, all right. I didn't know anything else beyond that. Basic, <laughs> basic plot line. Gotcha. All right. My familiarity. I had watched this show for the first few seasons. I can't remember. I don't imagine that I had started watching it when it was like actually premiering. I feel like I catched, I caught the first season on Netflix when it hit there. And then maybe I was watching it on TV, you know, on cable when it was dropping the next few seasons. I know for a fact now that it was season one through five. That's what I watched. And then after season five, I was like, I'm not, I'm not picking this back up again. And then I heard things of it going even more off the rails than what it had already sort of done by that point. So I was like, yeah, definitely not going to return to this unless there's a good reason. And now we have the reason make it content for the show of seeing the massive disparity between where it starts and where it ends and how it's completely unrecognizable from those two extremes. So that's what we decided to do with this new series, First V Finale. So let's get into it by talking about the first episode, the pilot, the premiere. Dylan, your thoughts. Bad, so bad. Oh my <laughs> God, it's so horrible. I do not like CW shows in general. The closest I've come to liking them is watching the first season and a half of Arrow. I thought mm-hmm. that was okay. But every time I've picked up a CW show at any point, I think, what garbage, what <laughs> absolute terrible, like fan fiction garbage this is. And this move or this show is just the, the creme de la creme of terrible CW shows. <laughs> oh my God. The, the dialogue is bad. The acting is bad. The effects are of course bad. It's the CW that the effects have never looked good. Mm-hmm. The the sets are cartoonish. The plot is simultaneously overdramatic and not taking itself seriously. I don't know how you can do both at the same time, but it found a fucking way. Oh my God. And not to mention just relentless pacing. It just does not stop from point to plot point to plot point to plot point with zero care for like slowing down or giving any like care to character development or anything. I mean, we have we have the beginning of the episode where the character Clark is giving her narration and she's just explaining the basic plot, which I already don't like. I don't like it when I get narration. It's just a character telling me what's going on, but they do it anyway. The Earth has been destroyed in a nuclear attack a uh, 100 years ago. Twelve nations banded together and built a giant <laughs> space station. And if you are over the age of 18 and you commit any crime whatsoever – you are murdered. If you, you litter, are, you're gone. All right. Gone. If you're under <laughs> 18, however, you get put in juvenile hall for whatever reason. A very minor infraction compared to death itself. <laughs> and exactly. so immediately, within two minutes of the show, our main character is forced onto a spaceship and is told, okay, a hundred of you juvenile kids are getting sent to the planet to see if it's habitable again. Good luck. And just sent off. 100. I thought that was pretty awesome, though. The way they just got right to it. No. I totally forgot that that happened. I was like, that's pretty sick, honestly. Like, just Horrible. get to it. Just send them down. Just no, get rid of them. dude. 
That's the inciting incident for the entire show. You're supposed to end the pilot episode with that. You're supposed to end it with that. You're supposed to build up to it so that we meet the characters in Juvenile Hall. We understand them. We understand the situation. We understand the characters and we're invested in the characters. And then you thrust them into the new world, which is literally radioactive Earth. That would have been interesting to just two minutes in without with with barely introducing to the environment that they've been raised in their entire lives. The main characters are thrust out of that environment and put into a new one. Bad writing. Right. The I mean, characters they, dialogue. They, bad yes. writing. <laughs> oh, my God. Atrocious. You wrote down some lines here. Do you want to start going through them? Because they are horrible. Yeah, they're bad. The uh, the first one, which was happening in that scene you were talking about of Clark's mom, Abby, comes in and tells her basically, like, here's what's about to happen. Like, you're about to all get sent down. And then she gives these lines to make sure the audience knows, like, guess what? Here's Clark's character. So pay attention of her being like, oh, you're going to want to take care of everyone just like your father. But you need to be able to, like, take care of yourself or something like that. But it's giving no you so much so quickly of, like, this is what your character is going to be. You're going to try and, like, take care of everyone and be the leader sort of. And then also your father, which we get so much as well. Like, every other line is, like, tying back to explaining stuff with Clark's father, um, which is very heavy handed, very over the top. But yeah, that yeah. was not the most egregious offense. It gets worse. So they're on the ship and this character Wells shows up and we don't know anything about him. Not a single thing. Have never seen him before. And Clark says, Wells, what are you doing here? Okay, so now we know Wells isn't supposed to be there. So he wasn't supposed to be in juvenile hall. He holds up his bracelet, the, the, the prisoner bracelet. And he says, I got myself arrested so that I could be with you. Don't know anything else about the character. That's all we know. The ship starts to explode and go down because it's, it's re-entering the atmosphere. And they think they're going to die. And Wells says, I have to tell you something before we die. Sorry I got your dad arrested. I don't want you to hate me. And then Clark responds, they didn't just ar- arrest him. They executed him. I do hate you. <laughs> Characters set up. Box ticked. Moving on. It's literally like a checklist. They're just going through a checklist and doing the bare minimum work. It's like, uh, have you ever have you ever watched the video? It's like Breaking Bad in five minutes, and it's a little cartoon, and it's been going not. from point to point. Oh my god, dude! It's just like that. It's like a little cartoon. Walter White he like runs up to, Eric, to uh, Jesse. He's like, "We have to make meth," and they're like, "Yeah." And then they like, skid along. And they're like, "We're <laughs> making meth." It's like, "Yeah." And then they go to Tuco and like, "Buy the meth." And it's like literally yeah, point, point, points. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. So- Brutal. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, this definitely is them just trying to get through it as quickly as possible. Not much subtlety or just trying to allow questions to be raised for the audience to find out like later in the episode or through their interactions, things like that. Uh, my personal favorite is the one where <laughs> it's they go down, they have landed now on Earth and they're trying to figure out like how do we get out of this dropship? So they go down to I guess like the bottom level. Um, and then Octavia shows up and is going to talk to the her brother. And people are recognizing her because she's this famous sort of name on the Ark from that ship. And someone calls out, is that the girl that was secretly kept in the floor? Is that, <laughs> is that Octavia? The girl that, you know. That's my her, boy! That's her, my boy! <laughs> her parents had a child in violation of the strict one-child policy. Is that that, Octavia? I was like... 
Come it's on, we didn't atrocious. need to Come like, on, dude. explain the exact like unique aspect about her. It's like I'm was, watching like, a parody. Floorboards. It's like a parody, honestly. Mm. It's like 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 the Starving Games or the one where they made fun of Twilight. <laughs> it's literally like a fucking parody of, of a movie. Like, dude, the ship opens up and they get off the ship and Octavia like puts her feet in the grass and she breathes the fresh air and they're all blown away by the sunlight. And then she goes, we're back, bitches. And then our soft rock song plays. Not just any soft rock song. Imagine dragons. Imagine radio- dragons radioactive because <laughs> the planet's radioactive. It's so funny. It's so bad. It's not as bad as the one. Hilarious. It gets worse in the finale, but we'll get there. Oh my sure. god, dude! So terrible. That's pretty good. But yeah, I mean, you have to realize this is a CW show, so it has a certain target audience, which is like young people, like young teens, young adults. So, like, there's a reason why it's not. I mean, high quality stuff. So but this bad, Come you have on. to buy into it at a certain point and let the trashiness wash over you. What the biggest atrocity to me is, is that surface level, just in general, mm-hmm. it is a good plot. That's what I'm saying. I really like, again, all this stuff was more digestible when I was like 14 watching this for the first time. But the general premise of it, I still really love that. Having like, of, like a sending a, kids down. Like a to Lord of the Flies. Yeah, Lord of Flies. Like I love a that. Lord dynamic. of Flies nuclear war apocalypse kind of environment. Like, I mm-hmm. think that's very interesting. And they started to set it up a little more. Like, once the kids started getting off the ship and it started getting, it was still cheesy, but like seeing the dynamics of like the group starting to form, I was like, okay, I could watch this. Like, watch these kids separate and make clans and start fighting each other mm-hmm. and things like that. And having the dynamics of that, I could sit and watch that. That'd be fun. And then they just didn't do it. They like, they separated into into the people who were going to Mount Weather. Yes. Terrible it's a real name. Place. It's a real place. It You're is a real me. U.S. facility, underground facility. Mount Weather is real. Never mind. <laughs> so take it all up right. with the government. All right. All right. I take it back. I take it back. Nothing you can do about that. I'll take it back. <laughs> but you have the group that walks off to Mount Weather, and then you have everybody else versus Wells. And that's pretty much how it ends up at the end of the first episode, at least. Perhaps it gets right. better as the rest of the show goes on. I but mean, yeah, there's no. You have to understand, too. Yeah, we're just watching the pilot stuff. So they could be setting yeah, up. Yeah, but like to set it up more like that is so basic. Ah, God, I wish they had gone more of a Lord of the Flies route. I wish there was zero contact with the spaceship. I wish it was just the kids on the planet. And then, like, it's. I wish it was just entirely from the kids' perspective. No, I like some of the stuff that they were doing with that in the spaceship. Like the idea of them, which again, I feel like they overplayed their hand in the beginning too much there. But the idea of they needed to send them down just to one, get rid of a hundred people to get rid of people that are, you know, yeah. breathing bodies that are taking up the air. But then also just to see, is that viable for us to do? So then, as you can imagine, I mean, the rest of the season for the spaceship people is spent with them figuring that out and then trying to find a way to get down there. Um, since they're running out of life support. But that whole idea of like, we need to weigh our options here because we're running out of life support. We need to find a way to survive. Yeah, Is it going to be culling off our population or are we going to do this Hail Mary of getting down to earth if it is habitable? I think that's a pretty compelling thing. And then like tie that in with the stuff on the ground uh, with the Lord of Flies dynamic. I think that was like a really compelling uh, pairing of two premises. So, yeah. You know what I think of when I think of this show? What's that? 
I think of the clip of Daniel Craig in uh, uh, Glass Onion where he says, it's just so dumb. And then Kate Hudson's like, so dumb, it's brilliant. And he goes, no, no it's just it's dumb. Just dumb. <laughs> but this That's one, a- I don't think it's entirely dumb. The premise, as you said, is good. It's just the execution of it, which is for like a young adult audience. Atrocious. That's what I was saying. Though. I was like, imagine if this was like an HBO show with that same sort of premise. I would love to dig into a version of it like that. Bro, just... Oh my god, dude. When, when Octavia gets sucked under the water by the monster, <laughs> and Devin Bostick goes in and gets her out, and they're like like heaving on top of each other, and then the other kid's like, I guess that's why you dive after the girl, and then they all laugh. Oh my <laughs> god. Come on. I mean, yeah. I can't explain to the audience in that way. It is. Uh, There's just so much in. going on in one episode. I couldn't believe it was only 40 minutes. How do you pack that much into one episode? <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. There's no breathing room whatsoever. I felt like I watched like half a movie. You didn't feel like the Imagine Dragons uh, song was a nice breathing room? <laughs> no. Just, I thought you know, you it was just dumb. Jumping around. <laughs> Just they had a they had a quiet moment when uh, Finn and Clark were walking through the woods, and she was looking at the floor, like the bio- bioluminescent flora, all up in there. I don't remember that. Well, because <laughs> you were so stricken by the, the other action packs. Because it was it was the only part of the show that wasn't pure plot. <laughs> yeah. That's why exactly. I don't remember it. I had to remember everything else. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the other like dynamics and see what was compelling or what wasn't. So Clark and Wells, them having that history that was very on the nose foretold in that uh, dropship, but them having that past, what do you think about that? Compelling, except for the fact that Wells is annoying as fuck. Oh my (laughs) God, he's obnoxious. I don't blame them for bullying him, which is funny because I'm on his side. Like everything he says, I agree with. I just think he's so fucking obnoxious. Fuck the rich (laughs) team. He didn't even say anything that bad. He wasn't annoying or anything. What do you mean? He's pretty annoying. He's obnoxious? Bro. He was obnoxious. I did not like Wells. All he said was like, guys, let's try and find Mount Weather. Let's walk over there. And they said, screw you. Nobody wants to hear the rich kids say that. <laughs> that brings me to the other point, though. Like the class conflict and the whole sins of the father stuff of everyone holding grudges against Clark and I Wells. I think that's interesting. Positions. That but, was but, but... It was barely in the goddamn episode. It was like mentioned once when they're like, they're like, uh, it's about time the the wealthy did the work and they all go, yeah. And then they all move on. <laughs> well, that was the one thing. Yeah. Explicitly about like the class stuff, but a lot of the other things were the sins of like the them adults, being pissed yeah. off at Wells, his father floating. Like everyone, like everyone's like, dude, your dad floated my dad or something. Compelling. So, yeah. I would say compelling. That was pretty good. That's like good, like uh, Lord of the Flies kind of drama. Where like instead of just Lord of the Flies, where they are put on the island, they're blank slates, and then they come to hate each other. They have a reason to hate each other from right off the bat. It creates drama quicker, which I like. Indeed. In the context of a CW show, (laughs) Bellamy and Octavia, they were siblings. Of course, there's only supposed to be one child that any couple is allowed to create, but Octavia was a second born child and so she had to be hidden and then when she was discovered they threw her in prison for the crime and of being killed born. her mother <laughs> i know so 
what about that of like everyone else only child but these two are siblings uh i would say bellamy is compelling i don't care so much for octavia at this point in the story when we get to the finale it's something different but at this point in the story don't really but the idea of them being siblings at least not them as like individual characters but them being... i don't really give a shit about that the idea of them being siblings i don't care but I bellamy was... as a character i found intriguing because right a hot b <laughs> cool name bellamy cool name so true well chosen. so true bellamy is a cool name uh in three c whatever i i did think it was compelling that he has these self-interests of not wanting the people to come down and so he's manipulating everybody into taking off their bracelets to show that they're dead i think that's mm-hmm. compelling yeah i thought that was also a good spin on things i just wish they hadn't done it in the first 20 minutes of the first goddamn episode <laughs> way to rush a plot. I bet you, I bet you, if you took the entire first season of this show, I haven't seen it, I've only seen the first episode, but I bet you could take that entire first season and make three seasons of television out of it by just stretching it out and letting it breathe. I bet you would could. Would we want that, though? I don't know Yes! That I'd want to fucking breathe! I want a whole first pilot episode where they, they the end of the pilot episode is them leaving the ship and and ending up on Earth. And then you could take... The entire... I think that's fair, but saying taking this and stretching it to three seasons, that'd be... I think you could do insane. it. I think you could, but it'd be a much I think it'd be a better show. show. I, better I don't know show. about that. I can't breathe, Ryan! I can't breathe! <laughs> you should have been breathing during the... When they were walking through the forest. You didn't forget it. I was probably getting a snack or something, because I could finally <laughs> fucking breathe. <laughs> just pause it, man. If you need to take a breath, just pause. Just pause let the characters it, take a breath, too. What about uh, Abby and Kate? Well, before we move on, the thing that I want to say about the sibling thing is I thought that was cool of having a logical uh, element of the world building being that you can only have one kid because you're trying to save space. You don't want to have yeah. The one child policy is interesting, but I don't really care about like their dynamic as siblings being the only siblings that exist anymore. Right, but I think that idea of them being unique in that sense of like having siblings, and then therefore we're going to see which they had it somewhere in this episode, but throughout the whole series is the whole thing of like Bellamy being very protective of her and then her trying to form her own way. And they also had that too of her character since she was kept so enclosed, even when she was in space and then she was put in prison. So now this is her chance to let loose. I feel like that is a good setup as well for that. And she's going to try and experience all the different things of life. And then obviously that'll put her in precarious situations, like getting dragged around by a sea snake, which was hilarious. Um, So bad so goofy bro the oh my god this is like a random a b movie a monster movie. and then they and then they pull her out and she has like a little bit of red makeup a on tiny her tiny scratch on her thigh yeah. yeah that was absurd she's getting dragged under the water like it was jaws minutes yeah there's like a moment where she's underwater for the longest time and they're just standing there like is she gonna come back up or not and and, and that means that when the monster is attacking her leg, it's just going yum, 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 like barely attacking her. They can enable, like, you know. Yeah, literally a nibble. <laughs> Ridiculous. The stuff on the ship, which apparently I guess you weren't too fond of. of it, was like right. Abby it was just Kane, them all figuring out that stuff. It was just it's crazy how much plot there is of like in one episode, not only do we have everything that goes on with the kids coming off the ship and like interacting with the world, but then you also have the plot of the mother saving the chancellor, but breaking the rules and being sentenced to death. But then the chancellor wakes up and saves her. All of that going on in one episode, half an episode, because it takes up half the episode. Mm-hmm. 
What the fuck? <laughs> Too much. What about it's like thin... a soap opera? Not at all. I mean, Dude, it's soap so operas are based. not this action packed. It does have soap opera dialogue and maybe some acting, but not at so all. So poorly of the paced. So poorly paced. With the uh, Finn, the I couldn't guy. get a beat on the guy. I couldn't tell if he was an asshole or if he was cool. And he was definitely not the hottest one. Like I don't know why they were all in it. I guess I guess Octavia can't fuck her brother, who's clearly the hottest one, so she has to pick the next guy. But I didn't even think Finn was hot that much. The thing that I just didn't like at all was, I mean, yeah, they tried to frame him so much as the cool guy, but he just seemed like a schmuck poser. Yeah, who also is stupid. Like. He shows up floating, doing that thing in the dropship, and Clark is like, hey, like, go put your thing on. Other people follow his lead. They die. They and die. Clark, Clark like, kind of calls it out of, like, oh, those two people that are dead that follow your lead. But then later on, she's like, oh, maybe he's a cool guy. And I'm like, what? Like, we're just going to overlook the fact that literally killed people. Insane. Um, he did do that one thing where he defended Wells a bit, which I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But yeah, but then that's also like doesn't seem like a beat the, on him. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem like the guy that would do that. Yeah. But, I can't get a beat on the guy. I can't get a beat on the guy. Yeah. He's like the guy who walks up and says, looks like he couldn't handle the neutron style. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah. Any other? We mentioned the Bellamy stuff. We mentioned the stuff on the ship. The trek to Mount Weather. With, yeah. What do you think of the deer? The two-faced deer? I thought it was one the idea is cool, but it, I thought the idea was cool I mean, yeah, and the, the setup was cool, but the effects were is going to have a ceiling shit. on it for sure. But oh, that ceiling is real low. You hit your <laughs> head in that bitch. My God. True. Here's the thing, though. I do think like with all the streaming shows now that we have of like the Marvel and the Star Wars shows, which have like movie level budgets, like hundreds of millions of dollars. I feel yeah. like we shouldn't have been doing that. Like you shouldn't be able to get like movie level quality or experience of cgi effects on your tv screen for just a tv show because then it makes all these other actual tv shows that have to work with tv budgets legitimate tv budgets look so much worse by comparison you mean like stranger things and stuff like that and like the Star yeah Wars i mean shows? that too that also has like hundreds of million dollars of budget poured in so yeah like these cw shows are never going to be able to compete with that so i mean yeah yeah i suppose that's true but also like could they try a little harder? Like, oh my god! I didn't Dude, think this one looked that bad. They need to unionize the CW VFX team. They need to unionize and and demand a higher budget because Jesus Christ! I mean, yeah. talk about fucking miracle workers there. Then how about that uh, cliffhanger? Of our boy Jasper getting absolutely speared. Yeah, what the fuck? I like Devin Bostic. <laughs> so uh, that's fucked up quite an ending there to showcase that they are not alone on the ground yep there you go. so as a reflection overall were there things that you were interested in seeing continue like threads that they were setting up here that you would have liked to see where they went with it mm, i wanted to see where bellamy goes as a character most of all he seemed the most intriguing to me so that's your favorite character yeah, he's like roguish and cool and a rebel and hot and I don't know. Cool <laughs> names other... and a pirate. I don't really give a shit about any of the other characters or the struggles that they have to go through. I really wow, couldn't not care. Not one other character. Not really. What if I told you the Chancellor's name was the Thelonious Jaha? 
You're right. That's a great name. There you go. <laughs> I thought so too. I'm like, don't oh. give a shit about him though. Thelonious that's though. That's just Thelonious Monk. Come on. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Chancellor Thelonious Jaha. I'd follow that guy. I let him float whoever he needs to out of the ship. We got to stay alive. Do what you gotta like, do, man? You trust him. You're gonna kill my dad. I trust you, Thelonious. Kill him. <laughs> float my dad. Do you have any predictions for what you think they would do? I Just did from write the first down episode. Any things that you think they would go to? I did write down some projections. Let me pull them up. They were very loose because I was thinking like seven seasons, anything can fucking happen. But I'll I'll try and do my best. So I I said Wells and Kane, who was the other Chancellor guy. I said for show dead, like for show. <laughs> like Wells, like he's not making it to the season seven. Wells is gonna die before then, and Kane too. Kane seemed like a like a season one bad guy, mm-hmm. but like he dies eventually. So these are your death predictions right now. You're going through uh, a couple of them. Yeah, the other okay. the other death prediction I said was John Murphy dead. I thought John Murphy was gonna die because that dude just seemed like a dick, right? Mm-hmm. He's a total asshole. Uh, my next prediction was at some point the spaceship crashes to earth because obviously they can't sustain humanity on the spaceship. So eventually everybody has to get to earth. I feel like it was a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet that Bellamy and Clark fall in love at some point. Never got to okay. see if that played out. Uh, I bet that the, what's his name? The Asian guy who's like Kane's sidekick. Uh huh. I bet that he would become a bigger villain as the show would go on. Gen did not get to see that play out. And uh, I put monkey people question mark monkey people on the planet because they talk about monkeys for a little bit. They did. Um, and okay. that was my that was my predictions as a as a person who saw for the first five seasons. Was I at all close with any of these so except we'll for John Murphy dead in just a second? I'll go through each of those and we can answer them. But if you just saw this episode, I mean, we know the answer is no, but say you were 14 Take yourself back to that point. If you had caught this episode somewhere, you're flipping through channels, you watch this, would you continue watching or would you say, nah? I would say, fuck no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? At Not 14, for Bellamy, I still you didn't had taste. See him. No. At 14, I was watching Breaking Bad. Get the fuck out of here. I got taste. <laughs> All right. So for each of your predictions... So you said Wells and Kane. You had no one else that you thought was going to die or survive? Those are just your your only death predictions? Those are my only death predictions. I didn't want to go too crazy with it. Does Dang Wells God. die? So. <laughs> you can just Wells, spoil the whole Wells, show. Yeah, we're going to. Wells dies in episode three. What? Yes. He what gets happens? stabbed by a little girl in the neck. She's That's like crazy. talking to him. She's just one other girl that was like on the ground for a reason. He's like talking to her. And then she just freaking stabs him in the neck. And then the next episode is him figuring out what to do with this little girl, which is pretty cool. A good, like another Lord of the Flies thing of like, how do we deal with justice when there's no like legal system? How do we do this? What um, do they end up doing to her? I forget. Someone tried to hang her for sure, but I don't think they did that. Um, I think she did end up dying though. Okay, but, what about Kane? So Kane survived at least through when i was watching it uh he obviously died before the end i don't know when it happened though but he becomes a much better character he he started out sort of as like this villain but he became not that over the course of the first season because that little sidekick he had did become a bigger villain i knew it 
So they had to get rid it. of him. Does he die? Yes, in season one, I'm sure, because I don't remember his okay. name or anything about him. Does so, the spaceship crash to Earth? Absolutely. The whole end Ooh, of the first season is yeah. crashing down. They Ooh, Let's go. I got a ride. Yeah. But yeah, Kane, he becomes, because Jaha sort of becomes a leader again, but at another point, Kane will retake Chancellor and he's much more like level-headed and chill. Um, him and Abby, they become an item. Who's Later Abby the mom? Abby the mom, yeah. That's crazy. So item. They hate each other. He tried to float. They end up falling in love. That's crazy. Disgusting. Yeah. What about uh do Bellamy and Clark fall in love at all? So here's the thing. <laughs> they absolutely should have. Okay. But not once did they actually kiss or become a couple despite the fact that as you picked up on there even in that first episode it was pretty great because it was more like the redirect or the misdirect of wells and finn as being like the primary love interest for clark mm-hmm. but that quickly like the connection between her and bellamy becomes front and center but they always mm-hmm. frame it as just like a friendship even though again they end up calling each other like the most important people in each other's lives what? Um, as these other people like fall away they become again like much closer together. Bellamy and her become like this duo leader for most of it. So they absolutely should have ended up together, but they did not. Which for the fans of the 100 was catastrophic. Here's what I know from season seven, from what I had heard back then when I was like, "Yeah, I'm never going to continue the show." Mm-hmm. But what they do with Bellamy is so dirty. What do they do? Clark kills him. What? Clark shoots him in the chest in episode 13 of season seven. That's they have crazy. Bellamy become like this brainwashed cult member of the Cadigan, like that whole people that were trying to mm-hmm. transcend. Sure. And Clark, who has that daughter, Maddie, that they reference in uh, Who's that the finale father episode. Of the daughter? We'll get to that. But okay. they... She apparently, I don't know what the connection is, but apparently she was important to what the cult needed to do. And so Bellamy was going to do something that would possibly endanger her. And so Clark is like having him at gunpoint saying like, hey, don't do this. Like, you need to stop this or I'll kill you. And he's like, you wouldn't do that. I'm your closest friend. Like, you can trust me. You believe that like what I'm saying is true, that we need to do this to transcend. Apparently, it was a sketchbook that he was holding. Again, I don't know the significance of why, but apparently it was whatever the daughter had drawn in that sketchbook was important for some reason. So in order to prevent Bellamy from handing over the sketchbook to the cult leader, which would put her in danger, Clark shoots him. He's dead. She doesn't get the sketchbook, goes through a portal, (laughs) leaves. So the sketchbook is just there next to Bellamy, who's dead who's also next to the cult leader. So they get the sketchbook anyway. And then as you know, from the finale where she's like the daughter's like comatose or whatever, Mm. they get the daughter anyway, because apparently she turns herself in to the cult so that they can do whatever they needed to do. Cause she apparently had agreed with them as well. So Clark kills Bellamy for no reason. She doesn't get the sketchbook. She doesn't prevent Maddie from getting taken by the cult. 
Dude, Clark sucks. It was sucks. for nothing. It was for nothing. No, the writers of the show sucked. They like they had a hit out on the actor for Bellamy. Because apparently he wanted to leave. Um, he wanted like a little bit of a break or something. And then so the creator of the show apparently didn't like that. So he like gave him a horrible death, which had happened before with an earlier character. The main, the guy who was in American Gods. I don't know if you ever watched that, but the yeah, main actor. Yeah, the main actor or for no. that. No, Are you talking about the old Jane. guy or like the... the no, the young guy, guy, like the main character guy. Okay. Um, he... He is one of the grounders, which to your question about monkey people, no, they're just humans that survived on the planet. They're not monkey different at all, people. but they just, <laughs> they just now have their own like language and they're in tribes now. So, okay. Yeah. Back to like you know, prehistoric times, but sure. Octavia ends up with one of those grounders named Lincoln played by that guy that is the main character in American gods. Yeah. But there was also a strife between him and the creator of the show. So then that dude also got killed off like prematurely in his arc. Although he had a fairly good death, like it had purpose to it. What they did with Bellamy was crazy, considering the fact that this guy was like the second lead of the show. He had been there since the beginning, seven seasons, and then they killed him off for nothing, for no reason, for no purpose, just like that. That's crazy. Horrible. Terrible. Horrible. He was like one of the best characters. He was one of my favorite characters. So I can't believe it. Now, I think the biggest surprise of the finale, which I learned immediately once it started, was John Murphy makes it to the end. He does. And is like a main character. He is. Here is the thing. So I had also done the predictions. Obviously, I knew much more of like some of the characters' fates. I had predicted Clark, Raven, who is a big character, but she didn't appear in the pilot. Um, but she shows up like one episode later. Um, Octavia, Murphy... And then either Abby or Kane. I didn't think both of them would make it, but I thought one of them was going to make it. But that turned out to be incorrect. But I thought those four were going to make it because I knew I had seen, I think it was in season four or something like that. Murphy does go on this whole like journey where he gets set off on his own and then he finds Emory, that girl that he was with in the finale. Yeah. And then they're like trying to live together and they have a romance and all that. So yeah, they really liked turning Murphy from what he was in the pilot, which is, yeah, just some dick. And he yeah. was that for most of season one. But then he does go on this arc where he becomes. He gets less the of Zuko a jerk treatment. On. Yeah, they definitely tried to Zuko with him. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I could dig yeah. it. Talking about the finale, were there any other major character fates that you wanted to hear? I mean, Bellamy was a big one. Bellamy was a big one. Wells was Wells, one I Wells, cared about. That, that um, is crazy. I remember that, though, of like him getting killed off because you would have thought he would have been a much bigger part. Like, have Dude, a, episode three? Arc. That's crazy. Yeah. That goes Why? nuts. Yeah, I don't really care about the other characters so much. The rest of them were all mostly minor characters. What happens to Devin Bostic? He Jasper. survived the spear. That's what I thought. Uh, but then he dies. I forget exactly how he dies. But he goes season two. They go to Mount Weather. Mm -hmm. They don't get to Mount Weather until season two? Correct. Well, what it's the fuck? Well, as you saw, I mean, he got stabbed by, or well, he got speared. So then they it was find right it. there. They were so close. There's other. There's a radioactive force. There's grounders there, so they had to deal with a whole, you know, conflict there. But then they end up getting to once they like have peace with those grounders, they end up in Mount Weather. Uh, but the whole what, season is he, like, two choke is really on a cracker or something. Huh? Oh, the Jasper guy. 
<laughs> no, well, he falls in love with someone that was there, but then things go down and she dies at the end of that season. And then he becomes Jesus. really depressed. And that was just like his character for the rest of it. He becomes a dickhead. He's all depressed. He's lashing out at everyone, doing drugs. Um, and then the I forget how he died. But yeah, I don't think it was very heroic or anything. He survived the spear to the chest. He did. <laughs> what did do my boy dirty? Poor Devin Bostic. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. For the finale, season seven, episode 16, titled The Last War. So this is also the 100th episode overall of the series. Very nice. You love to see it? Yeah, I love to see it. So we've gone through the characters that are still around, which were Clark, Octavia, and Murphy. Those are the ones you recognize. Correct. Um, so can you please try and describe what the heck was going on in this episode? So there's a religious cult, and they want to transcend by becoming one with God or something. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to stop them from doing the trial that transcends the human race. Because if they fail the trial, the human race goes extinct. And so it's the religious cult versus our group of survivors on the planet. And they Clark just, murders the guy in the middle of the trial murders Cadigan. And so now she has to finish the trial, but she sucks. So she fucks it all up. And so they're going to extinct humanity, I guess, even though there's probably like, like 200 people left in all of humanity or something Mm -hmm. like a fucking handful or something. And then the other characters are like in the middle of a war, but it's not really a war. It's like, a hundred people pointing guns at each other, which is a pretty small scale war. But I guess if it's all of human race, that's all it is. Right. But even, even for all those extras that were in that scene of them pointing guns at each other, it still looked kind of pathetic. <laughs> like filmmaking wise, like, I mean, yeah, just looked lame. And I don't know. It's just bizarre how it gets here. I yeah. can't, I don't want to, I can't imagine how it gets there. So, yeah, I mean, what we have here oh, is God. an amazing, incredible showcase of no. jumping the shark. Because, yeah, we started out with, I mean, a fairly straightforward, like, sci-fi premise, right? Make someone like the Lord of the Flies type of thing, yeah. sending kids to the ground, they have to survive. Very familiar sort of story. And it ends with... A hunt for God. These characters trying to transcend. So not God. It was definitely like an alien race because they were they were mentioning they had done this to other aliens and things like that. So yeah, just the complete like acknowledgement of other alien races that were able to transcend. What the fuck? Yeah, it's a very very odd there. And again, it's like all of humanity, the fate of humanity, of either transcending or going extinct at the will of these aliens that are trying to test humanity to see if they will join them like what in the world how did it get there how did it go so far off the rails just insanity it also doesn't even like make much sense with in terms of again we missed some setup of like these aliens and then how the test transpires or things like that but what exactly was the conflict like why were these two sides fighting why was if because the way it was framed is you either transcend or we 
will make you go extinct. Like Did they one not want to risk it, I guess? They were like, don't risk it. Don't do the trial. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that is the thing of like, oh, it has to be the trial. My assumption was that they were like, they were going to kill humanity unless they took the test and passed. If they failed, they were going to get killed anyway. Like I thought it was either way, humanity's toast. They're just going to see before we take you out, can you transcend? Maybe that wasn't the case. That would be slightly more believable of like why people would want them to not transcend. But either way, it also, the way that <laughs> they made it happen, like they were saying the evil cult leader guy, Cadigan, he made a society without love or something like that, that was yeah. able to bring the aliens to them. Or like that was some important piece of the puzzle that he thought he needed. I That doesn't make sense. Why is this like alien race? needing a society to build itself around not having love or anything like that don't know can't explain it can't why explain was it. maddie so important why did she need to be like killed or put into that like comatose state Bizarre. no clue why but yeah that was the other thing of like if it was either transcendence or extinction why was there any fight against like them doing transcendence which i think is stupid as well like obviously the manager should be opposing transcending which is really just them merging like that's how it sounded like was they just now become a new source of energy for the alien race. It just gets subsumed into that bigger consciousness. So that doesn't seem fun. Doesn't seem like real transcendence. It can't. It can't be explained. It can't but be explained. They were doing that, so it's like, why are we fighting to prevent that? But then the other thing is like, why did it have to be a whole human race type thing? At the end of the episode, they literally say. Yeah, it's a choice. Like, it's just optional. People can choose not to transcend and then come back. So it's like, okay, why Can't didn't you just make that. that available to individuals who wanted to transcend? So you get humans and you get their humanity, but you don't make it be an entire species thing of you either all transcend or you all die. But then afterwards, you can just pick to go back anyway. It's like, what? <laughs> why give that choice at all? Or why not give that in the first place if you're going to allow it to be a choice? That was just so absurd. Can't be explained. Is the rest of the show good? You watched five seasons of it. Again, it's like trashy CW stuff, but the survivor elements of it, the Lord of Flies stuff, some of the sci-fi things, like they put them in good ethical dilemmas a lot of the time, I feel like. Again, the quality of the writing around it isn't... Uh, as great as one would hope. But for what it is, for those first few seasons, it was solid. Again, it sort of veered away. Season three brings in an AI thing what? that is like creating its own universe and it's like brainwashing people that they put like a chip in their brain and then they're in that thing and then no one wanted to live in the real world anymore. That was starting to push the boundaries of like, okay, this is getting too absurd. Then season four, they brought it back a bit because they had like a ticking clock of the whole world was about to be destroyed by another round of radiation. And so they needed to, <laughs> all the characters need to find a way to prevent that if possible, but it wasn't. And the backup option was having this bunker where they could fit people into in order to continue the human race. First of all, guess how many people were able to be supported by that bunker? 10. No, 100 people. <laughs> What? people exactly could fit in that bunker so they had that um so they had to try and figure out like who are going to be the the hundred people that fit in and you have all these clans now 
there's the one in season one, like that grounder group. But then there's these other tribes of grounders. There's like an ice nation thing, all this stuff. So you have multiple grounders plus sky crew, as they call them, or like people from the spaceship. Mm -hmm. So all these different factions trying to all get at one single bunker that holds only 100 people. Like the conflict there was, again, really good setup. Um, okay. So, yeah. like What happens to Finn? Like that. Finn uh, also gets killed by Clark um, <laughs> in Not season again. two. That was like a mercy killing, though. It was He messed up. The grounders were mad. He needed to die in order for his, the ship people to be good with the grounders. So Clark takes it upon herself to, to kill him. That was the other thing of this finale episode, which I was like... <laughs> the whiplash from going from season one episode one where you're being told by the like writers and through the characters to be like hey you're someone that cares for a lot of people like you're a good person clark and then this final episode where <laughs> after murdering one person who's taking the test to determine whether they'll transcend she goes like you can't judge me have it murdered people yes have i committed genocide yes have i just doomed all of humanity to extinction Yes. yes. <laughs> she does all that, but she's like, you can't judge me. Like I'm 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 just like you. So that was pretty funny of like what she does. And by the way, all true, like all the things she did. She was like, I killed my best friend, Bellamy, yes. Committed genocide, like yes, like all those times that she had to choose of who gets to live, who gets to die for all these different people. So hardcore. They definitely they go in on uh killing people. That was another thing to the show, at least is they let people like Clark and Melanie, like all these characters, they have moments where they do dip into darker sides of their humanity because they're like pushed to the limit and they have these horrible dilemmas they have to go through. But then mofos get killed like crazy on this show. Like yeah. all those main people from the pilot, like almost all of them are gone. So it's crazy. They're intense with that, at least. Um, but then, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of cheesy elements like the moment when Octavia gives a speech to two warring sides and she's like, guys, oh my God. what if we just didn't? Like, what if we just had peace? What if we lay down our arms? The key to winning any war is to just not fight. After, and here's another thing about Octavia's character. She goes berserk. She goes crazy. She becomes like the leader of the grounders. She like elevates in that position. And then during that whole bunker fiasco, I'm pretty sure I can't remember exactly what the whole thing is, but again, she like they come out of there after the radiation wave passes after like a time skip of however many years. She comes out again. She's like crazy, bloodthirsty leader now. I'm pretty sure they were feeding people to each other. Like they went into cannibalism and all that. She's also ruthlessly killed like tons of people as well. Like she's one of the most bloodthirsty people. Like maybe beaten out by Clark, but she goes crazy. And then at the end here, she's like, guys, we can't fight. That solves no no problems, okay? That, That's so that just never leaves anything good. It's just wild. <laughs> so, And then yeah. everybody in humanity transcends, and they're with God now, or the aliens, or the God aliens, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they have these little gold tree things in their place of where they were standing. Right. And then you too plays... <laughs> They play you too, Ryan. I'm well aware. I heard. I drops. screamed in my house. <laughs> I said, not you too. God, why? 
<laughs> oh my god. So what do you think of the the finale finale though, where she walks along the beach and there's all her friends and they decided to stay with her, but then one day they will die and never experience uh, everlasting life. Right. So that's the other thing that makes me think like, yeah, from the get go, it was humanity either transcends or they're wiped out. Because here they're letting some people go back to live out their lives, but they're saying like, you can't have kids, can't produce offspring. So humanity effectively dies with this group of people. So that's crazy. Um, but I thought it would have been hardcore if they just let Clark live out the rest of her life alone. That would have been, been sick. That would have been sick. But Penance, penance. Yeah, but it was also, I mean, it works better for me because, I mean, I know the relationship like she has with Raven and Octavia, like all the things they have gone through. So I did like seeing them, like, oh, they're on the beach and then she gets to hang out with them for the rest of her life. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. But it totally, again, undoes any of the stakes for what I'm assuming was this whole season arc of we must transcend or we will die. So... I mean, yeah, it's a mixed bag at the end there, but it was a feel good moment to see them all like welcoming her back. I guess it's just dumb. I mean, no, it's just <laughs> dumb. <laughs> so about the uh, the Maddie situation, which that too of like Maddie isn't able to come back. Her daughter's not able to come back, but everyone else could. And yeah. also every single one of them chose to come back. There's not one of them that was like, you know what? Maybe Clark isn't all that. She kind of did all this. Octavia, maybe, who was like, yeah, she killed my brother. That's yeah, right. also crazy. Like, no way Octavia would have allowed that to slide. But anywho, so I feel like someone would have stayed up. Like, all of them came back early. Nah. But with Maddie, who do you think the baby daddy is? I don't know. Do you know? I do. Who is it? It is no one we know. That was someone, it was just a random kid she came across during the time skip after the uh, season four thing when they call it Prime Fire, the like radiation wave that was about to sweep over Earth and destroy everything. Sure. Also, get this. <laughs> so they have the people in the bunker, but then all our like main people, Clark, Bellamy, Raven, Murphy, mm -hmm. I think, Monty, like all of them are outside of that bunker because they had to do something to make it work. So they're at this like outpost and there's no way to get back. The bunker's closed. So how do they survive? They have to get off of earth. So they go back into space. Raven, who's like this amazing genius engineer. She like does something with the ship so they can all launch back to the arc. What remains no. of the arc in space so they no. can survive out there. But Clark is the only one that isn't able to make it. She has to go do something on a radio tower that like allows them to get through. So she gets left behind. So they assume she's dead. In reality, like she should be dead. But apparently there's like one single valley in all of the earth that was not hit by the wave and is still like lush and green and all that. So she's living out there. And then she comes across some kid that also had survived, but her parents apparently died. So then Clark just adopts her and raises her basically for those six years as her own child. So oh, so it's not actually her kid? Not, you know, not by blood, not biological daughter, but she raised her. All right. So. There you go. Dumb! <laughs> the one valley where there's no radioactive wave? Dumb! Yeah, that's very absurd. The other thing that we didn't even mention is most of what, what they're doing here, it doesn't even take place on Earth. Earth got Watch. destroyed 
again, like partially destroyed in the end of season four, everything except one place on earth is uh, habitable. But then at the end of season five, they essentially drop like nukes or a bunch of bombs on that one valley, which makes that uninhabitable. So they have to leave earth on some drop ship on some other ship, like at the end of season four in the timescape, you see a bunch of other humans come down that were part of some like wayfaring freaking spaceship but it was full of prisoners it was like a space alcatraz thing and then they finally were able to free themselves and get out of cryo sleep and then they came back to earth but there's only one valley so again they fight over this one piece of land but then the conflict happens they bomb it so then they use that ship to go to some other planet and then that was when i stopped I was like, okay, we're good. They left Ridiculous. Earth. They're going to some other place. Maybe they find it. Maybe they don't. So you're telling me the only humans that live left. are the humans that are on that ship that then go to the new planet. Yes? Yes. Then how the fuck do they start fighting again? Great question. I don't know if there are humans on that other planet they ended up on. That could be the case. I assume that's what it was. Um, so whatever planet they went to, that's how I will never watch other humans ended up there. I will never watch it. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to. I mean, we just talked through all the moments. But I mean, yeah, after that, uh, the finale, the way it ends, it goes crazy. Although somehow they do, like where they're at on the end, it looks like Earth. I don't know how they got back. I guess maybe once again, it cleared up. All the radiation went away. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But now they had like access to portals and things like that. Because you see, like in this final episode, they went through. They went, went through, through a portal. portal and ended like, up. What the fuck? Someplace where there's that dog. So I was like, what is happening? How do we end up with portals and aliens that can make a human, an entire race transcend or disappear or whatever? That's just crazy. I don't know. Ridiculous. Is there anything else you want to talk about at this stupid show? Uh, No. All right, great. Any other comments you want to make about uh, the 100? Fuck no. (laughs) Done with it. I'm sick of it disgusting that's all the time we have if you'd like to give your thoughts on the show you can email us at the box office show pod at gmail.com our main title theme for the show is sundown by joseph mcdade if you like the show please give us five stars whatever podcast that you're listening to and be sure to tune in next week have a great rest of your day.